Yo, 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 and I hope you're doing well. Welcome to another round of the book reviews. Today I have John Stuart Mills on Liberty. This is a book, a pretty much a classic, written in 1859, and it's his essay of ideas relating to freedom, liberty, governance, and shortcomings of democracy, as also the role of government and, and human rights. It's a pretty extensive book, even though it is relatively short, only clocking in at about 110 pages. There's five parts to the book. There's the intro, and I'm going to have to look at my notes for this, of, of the liberty of thought and discussion, of individuality, of individuality as one of the elements of well-being, of the limits to the authority of society over the individual, and applications. So there's five parts of the book. The first two, the first one, I suppose just being his general philosophy and introduction to why he's writing the book and who it's for. The next three parts are, are focusing more on, I suppose, why we need individuality, his thoughts on where we should reduce harm and, and the limits of the government, as well as how, I suppose, we should approach the, the object of well-being of living. So even though it seems like a book more based solely on freedom, it's not just that, it, it also has other elements. And the part that I really liked was the actual applications, the last chapter, where he goes into why his, how his thoughts can transfer into different areas of life. And we'll get into some of these in the coming uh, explanations. So some themes of the book, they're quite varied. Obviously the central core tenant is gonna be on freedom, and his thoughts on, on why we should value liberty and how we should, I suppose, like enforce, not enforce liberty, but how we should perceive it as a, as a general concept. But then, as I mentioned just before with his applications, he goes into why his thoughts can apply to the economy, harm in general, uh, how we should view vices, how we should view religion, how we should view even things like suicide. So, he has many nuanced views and what I really liked about that last chapter was that he applies them pragmatically and that's, you know, a big thing that I'm about, pragmatic solutions or, or how we can introduce not just the abstract intellectual thoughts and ideas but actually apply them to our real life. He's basically got two principles. One is the only reason for force is to prevent others from doing harm to others. So essentially... If we're going to use the state to have a, a monopoly of violence, that monopoly of violence should only be used in enforcing that we can't hurt other people. This other principle is harms that society ought to protect against are those that necessarily like hurt or damage our rights. Now, obviously, these two principles bring up a whole lot of questions. What exactly is harm? Is harm just physical violence or can it be emotional harm? or psychological harm is what is our rights, what are human rights and what are actually the things that we, we should enforce and, and how do we know when someone is stepping too far, when the government is stepping too far. So as all things, he it requires a whole book to write about. You can't just have two principles and be like, blah, there's, the, there's what I think of life. No, there's a lot of nuances in it. And he, and he tries to go through that in the actual book of why... He believes these two things and I suppose sort of how he got them as well. 
Some of the other themes, uh, ones that I found quite interesting was that the democratic majority does not necessarily protect minorities. And, you know, I suppose you hear things like, oh, there's the wisdom of crowds and common sense is something that I guess we all know, but that is not substantiated and something that's sort of why, you know, AI has problems uh, interacting with the world in the way that we do at the moment because it doesn't have that common sense, that that sort of group think that I guess everyone knows something about, but it's not necessarily like a written down rule. Uh, and so what he is stating in this book is that just because you can have the democratic principle of that each person is their, their own being and has value in themselves, no matter, I guess, like how rich and powerful or wealthy and successful they are or how poor and destitute and useless they are. Everyone has their own, uh, like a right to a vote. So even though that is the case, the majority, which is what the Democrat principle uses of, you know, this is what the most of the people want. So this is what we're going to do as a society. It doesn't protect against the minorities, obviously, by the fact that if you have 75 people wanting something, 25 people wanting the other thing, you can have a democratic society that absolutely oppresses and, um, you know, hurts that 25%. That was something this book made clear and made me go, oh, you know what, that's, that's actually an interesting point. And he goes around why you can sort of have democratic tyrannies and an oppression in this in the in what is i guess like you know we obviously i'm from a democratic society so i'm going to say it's the best but i also acknowledge the the winston churchill quote quote that yeah i'm going to absolutely butcher this but you know the uh, the democrat democratic societies are unjust unfair tyrannical but it's the best system that we have so I, I somewhat agree with that principle. Um, maybe it's a little bit too harsh for my liking, but uh, it does capture some of the essence that even though you have something that works pretty well, there's always improvement and uh, that's nothing is ever in a constant state of absolute goodness. Another theme from the book, everyone has prejudices against other groups and it's almost always a question of scale rather than black and white. So you can think to yourself like, oh, I don't have any prejudices. I'm I'm morally clean. I don't discriminate against black people or I'm not a racist. I'm not a sexist, whatever. But if you go deep enough, you're going to find things that you personally don't like and would have an somewhat irrational hatred of or a very, at least a very emotional response. Uh, a very easy example of this is sex offenders, especially against children. I can't say that anybody really values pedophiles as what they can contribute to society or or as they are as individuals or humans. Everyone has that sort of thing and you can apply it to different sort of things as well. So maybe it's you have like a slight dislike of a certain um, group of people or um, and whether that be on the basis of their gender, on the basis of their skin color or even on things less simple I could have a hatred of nurses for, or of, of um, you know, people who fix electricity or whatnot because I had a couple of bad interactions with them. So what he's trying to get into in this book is that everyone has these and I suppose you need to look out for them because they are necessarily maybe even subconscious things that 
you will try and impose on upon others and as a society we can do that as well so some of the observations from the book that i found uh at least in the style of writing, it is very similar to The Wealth of Nations in the sense that it is difficult to read. I struggle with this, and this is probably like the third book in a row of a very old English text. So uh, Walden by Henry David Thoreau, The Wealth of Nations by Adam Smith. Smith. I'm also reading Meditations by Marcus Aurelius at the moment. That's not as difficult because it's very short sentences. And one of the things I actually got from this and that I think really contributes to my personal difficulty in understanding is the writing style uses lots of commas and very little full stops. And so I'm going to give you a little bit of an example here of a single sentence. Heretical opinions, on the other hand, are generally some of these suppressed and neglected truths, bursting the bonds which kept them down and either seeking reconciliation with the truth contained in the common opinion or fronting as the whole truth. This is just a single sentence and it just goes on like that. So you can have times where you're reading like six to eight lines of a book and it just keeps going. And I think I need that sort of mental spacing and the way in which people use full stops as like, this is a sentence and you can understand this little snippet Whereas in that sort of thing, he tries to convey two or three ideas in the same sentence. So for me personally, it's hard. You know, other people can maybe look at me and go, Kyron, you're an idiot. Just read it normally. Whatever. (laughs) Somewhat uh, seems written for the interested individual. So one of the things I did like about it, and I did manage to read it all through. I didn't understand a lot of it. And so I actually needed a fair bit of help from the introduction from the editor to understand some of the the finer points as well as going through Wikipedia where it breaks it down and it's basically written in modern day English. Uh, But it it does seem like it's it's written for the individual and you don't need a philosophy degree to to understand this book. I I feel like a lot of the points in it are relatively simple. They're, I guess, based on a, a very deep understanding. Maybe they're not on first principles or as far as like physics and materials and science and whatnot, but it's very close to when he says a statement, there's not much further you can dig down into it and go, oh, but why, but why? So uh, I felt it was actually a good book for for understanding those sorts of things, even if I personally couldn't understand it directly from the text and I sort of needed to go on like a little roundabout using other resources to understand it. It's somewhat of an obligation for each person to decide what is best for themselves. And one of the things that is very clear in this book is that he personally does not believe that he can get to decide or anyone can get to decide what is best for another person. Obviously, there are points for people with disabilities. So say they have dementia or Parkinson's or Alzheimer's. For kids, obviously, a baby can't decide what is best for itself. And we have this somewhat arbitrary limit of 18 years old for at the moment for that's when someone's an adult and they can be, you know, they are, they're allowed to vote. This is in Australia. Uh, they're allowed to vote. They're allowed to drink. They are allowed to um, have sex or, or whatever. You can actually do that when you're 16 here. But also you are um, now under the full extent of the law so that if you make bad decisions and hurt others, you will be tried as if you had full mental 
faculties and capabilities. Interesting enough, uh, I've heard quite a bit of research that your brain doesn't sort of fully form until you're around 25 years old. I think I can personally say around 25 years old is when um, I I think I started thinking a lot more clearly uh, and was able to do a lot more introspection than I do now. Obviously, I'm still forming as a human being and and learning more and making different decisions with my life. But also, there is the question of, okay, when is it permissible to decide? Uh, So that's just a little secondary point to, to what he's really talking about here is that even though you think you may know exactly what a person is best for a person, you, you have to let them decide. And, and I guess this is one of the ones where it's like, you know, even though the majority of us can look at someone who's, you know, let's just say someone very, very overweight or either very, very underweight and say, okay, this is obviously not healthy for them, is doing bad things to their mental state, to their physical health. But we personally cannot decide and start enforcing you have to eat more or you have to eat less. Uh, and so that's, you know, this is just one of those things where as you go through life, you'll, you'll come into situations where you meet people and it's obviously that something is going wrong and you try to help them, but you'll find that your help is either unwanted or makes things worse or is just completely ignored. And so this is times, this is basically his principle where it's like, you just have to let that go. That's sort of a, a price we have to accept for a functioning society, a free society, is that we have to let people make the decisions for what's best for them, even though that decision might not seem great for us. And I suppose that's one of the, what he's really trying to get at here is, is you cannot decide for others. You cannot enforce what you want. Um, the reality is the way it is and other people are the way they are. So, um, yeah, that was, that was something I found really, really interesting from the book. Another one is that problems are the same always. And especially with relating to liberty and freedom. Uh, If you listen to many podcasts, like I do, you'll hear a lot of things about, Oh, there's the oppression of, um, the, the big tech companies, uh, um, cracking down on dissenting views so let's just say youtube twitter um, instagram facebook you can't be um, saying exactly what you want of there even though you have the freedom of speech um, at least in in countries like uh, america and relatively australia i don't know exactly how our laws are different from theirs but even then you can see the the same problems that we talk about nowadays of of groups of people trying to control others, telling them what to do, saying, telling them they can't say this, even though it's not hurting anyone else. Uh, those are the same issues that he was facing in his own time. Granted, the mediums are different. You know, there's a different dynamic with regard to the technology available now versus then, but it's the same problem. It's the same thing. People trying to control other people. When groups of people get together and form governments and states and make laws weird things happen in the process of that it's like the, the act of of grouping together like that creates dynamics and forces that are unknown so that was a an interesting insight and probably my most interesting insight to the book was that if i ever wonder about these things now and i'm like you know getting stressed out about it 
it's a good little reflection to be like, okay, this happened in the past as well. So it's not something uniquely new to this time. So in summary, uh, like I mentioned, I understood it more clearly after reading some different resources, which put it in a, a different, easier to read light for me personally. Uh, what I did enjoy was the pragmatic parts of the, li- of, of the book where he goes into how his ideas apply to real world situations and, and what he thinks of that. So it's a seminal book. Uh, it was actually interesting, interestingly enough, uh, he wrote this in what 1859 and by the 1860s, most people in universities, uh, students had read it and a lot of people had managed to like memorize it almost word for word. So this was a, a big deal back even back in his own day. And even now I can see why its ideas and thoughts are, are pretty interesting and, and worth revising over. So overall, I'm giving it a five out of 10. It's a little bit of a harsh re- review because I think it has a lot, a, lot, a lot of wisdom trapped in here and I just struggled personally to get it out. So one of the things I'm going to do is I'm going to reread the book uh, I believe one of the things I was doing was I was sort of allowing, I was putting myself in a situation where I, I had like a little bit of distractions elsewhere and I really need to treat the book almost like it's a homework assignment. Like you know, sit down, get out another book, study it, go over parts which you didn't understand. It's not going to be easy. It's not going to be particularly enjoyable, but I think the wisdom I can get from the book would would make that effort worth it. So that was my impression of J.S. Mills, John Stuart Mills on Liberty, a good book, an interesting book, uh, difficult to read, but contains a lot of wisdom. And, uh, you know, I think I wouldn't say it's required reading for everyone, but if you're interested in the ideas of liberty or freedom of why people, uh, why we should let people act the way they do, even if it's not necessarily, you know, what we would say is the best way of going about doing things or is even best for society on, on one viewpoint, but is maybe better on another point. So, you know, that's, that's my impression of the book. I hope you enjoyed this review. Let me know if you want me to do anything different, if you'd prefer uh, more interesting things or different books, whatever, let me know. And that's it for now. Kyron out.